coming up on this month's edition of the Soundwriter Show, Aerostitch announces a six-month no-interest payment program for the Roadcrafter and other gear. Uh, Whidbey Island gets a motocross track. How's that going to work out with the neighbors? And uh, the Dubai police are going up in the air. Stick around. We'll be right back with the show. Support for Soundwriter and the Soundwriter Show is made possible by Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hi, this is Anthony with Ride Motorsports in Woodenville. Welcome to the Soundwriter Show. Now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. All right, it's the uh, December Sound Rider Show. Uh, I cleared all the um, leftovers from Thanksgiving off the table. So uh, we have enough room to set up all the recording gear again. And uh, Derek, how are you? I'm good. I think you left a couple of turkeys out here, though. hey oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be here all night. You and I. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, I'm good, man. You know, uh, it has been uh, – we had a, a pretty fantastic uh, first half of November, some really good sunshine, and then even the second half we had uh, – some warmer weather and wet weather, but still in the fifties. You know, you can still you can still get out and ride. Well, here we are at the. You know, we're recording this on uh, on the Giving Tuesday of November, and uh, it's still nice enough to ride. Yeah, we had uh, today. It was a little rainy, but we did have some spots of sunshine. But I saw a lot of guys out there in their rain gear, guys and gals uh, commuting to work. They had on the reflective vests and you know the full setup and. You know, that's something that I think sometimes we do forget. We uh, we often talk about it, but then when the rubber meets the road, sometimes we don't always go out and actually do it. So that's kind of one of those things to hold ourselves accountable for, right? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I haven't ridden all, all month. Yeah. But um, I am going to plan a ride. Yeah. What, for about the 1st of December, I think it is. Well, what do you have uh, on the docket? Where are you thinking about heading? Well, you know, obviously somewhere around the Puget Sound, uh, got my little favorites up in Skagit Valley. Uh, was thinking today I hadn't done one of the rides I have down around the Renton area that I really love doing. That one might be a good one. Um, and then there's always the Olympic Peninsula. Oh yeah, so it's a good one. You do heat, heated gear when you go out to the Olympic Peninsula because that can be a little bit of a longer ride, a longer oh, day. Yeah. yeah, I always take the heated gear. Um, I did a ride around I, uh, all the way around the Olympic Peninsula, right. like the whole three hundred mile Shimoli, uh, one year, and uh, it was January, and I had on the Gerbing heated gear when they were still around. Sure, and. Um, I had a Gerbing out-of-body experience. So tell us a little bit about that. So at one point late in the day, I was rolling up toward the end of the route, 
and I, I just felt like I wasn't actually connected to my motorcycle anymore. Uh-oh. And I've never been able to explain it, but I think it had something to do with the fact that I had been generating synthetic heat all day, and perhaps my thyroid was weirded out. Interesting. But um, it was almost like I wasn't in my body. Wow. So there's like <laughs> it's a, a very uh, strange feeling. An Olympic Peninsula spirit quest on your motorcycle out there, huh? Yeah. So yeah. if anybody's looking for a ride to do in December, I think that they should put on their heated gear and see if they can get the same out of body experience <laughs> I got. Just turn that puppy on in the morning and don't turn it off all day. Yeah. Well, I guess you talk talking about you know 300 mile loop there, and that's six hours in the saddle. Uh, yeah, and then you stop for lunch, and and yeah. and you build in a dinner too. So you're riding at night, uh, in the winter, right? And uh, a lot of people tell you don't do that, but uh, you know that's that's what you that's what you got to do to get to the out of body experience. Yeah, I guess so. We well, you know uh, a little bit unrelated to that, but one thing that I always because we're obviously getting into very wet weather season, I've been kind of delving into, and there's only a few out there, but some of the statistics regarding accidents and that kind of stuff. So things like the Hurt Report and that kind of thing, you know? Okay, remember that the Hurt Report's pretty old. It is. It's very old, but there's not really anything that has come along to replace it in uh, in modern times so much. But um, maybe that's a discussion for another day. One thing, though, that stands out in a lot of these reports is that wet weather really does not contribute to accident rate. No. You know? Which you is- know why? Well, because a lot riders. of people don't ride when it's wet. Yes, less riders. But that kind of transitions me into a question for you, which is, what kind of uh, precautions do you take when you're riding in wet weather? Uh, well, I'm always looking for gravel. Okay. And even if it hadn't been freezing over here in Seattle, if I was going to go around the Olympic Peninsula, I don't really know if they drop gravel or sand out there or salt. Right. So um, I would be always on the lookout for it. Uh, frost, mm-hmm. because the sun is lower, then um, you could like go up around Lake Crescent area right. on the Olympic Peninsula, and it might be a clear day, but that road could be frosty because they don't get any sunshine on that area, on that section of 101, uh, basically at all in, in mid-December. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic point. You know, I actually, at the end of last month, of course, I did this as an article for Soundwriter, but a trip around uh, Vashon Island where you've got uh, even some of that slime, right? Some yeah. of uh, the, uh, the sludge out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the algae on the yeah, road. Yeah, that's that what you want to look out for. Area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, you're right, though. It's, it's still a good time to be riding, um, especially on those days when you do get the sunshine. And, you know, even if it's a little rainy, put on your rain gear, get out there and have some fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Don't don't be a hobbit and live indoors for the winter. Yeah. Of course, if you do plan on doing that, in 2019, it's sounding like it's going to be a packed year for events. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It is. So we've but got... I'm going to tell you about something else before oh, okay. you talk about that. Yeah. So I got this newsletter from a personal injury attorney here in the, in the Puget Sound, and uh, I don't know if... He does these every month or every quarter. This one's dated November 2018. Um, it's a four-page newsletter. And, you know, I've seen this with, like, the, the car dealers, too, where they fill them up with filler. So this, uh, this opening article on the newsletter is Foods That Fight Inflammation in the Body. Now, I'm not quite sure what that has to do with personal injury, 
But uh, that was interesting to me. And then down below that, there's a little banner ad, and it says, Become a VIP member today of our law firm. I'm like, really? Well, you use a law firm that much? You would want to become a B- VIP member? I guess uh, if you want to get all the latest on infl- inflammation-causing foods, then maybe that would be your, your go-to. Yeah, can I use a personal injury attorney for my inflamed body from food? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it says, uh, okay, then the next next article. Now, this one is worthy of being in here. It's called, Do I Need Uninsured Motorist Coverage? Mm-hmm. That's probably a good idea. Uh, the next thing was a, a list of events for November. Uh, small Publisher Festival, Swing Dance Convention, Used Snow Gear, Ghost Conference. Uh, these are all things that I, I'm not quite sure where do they tie in with the personal injury attorney. You know, that's a great question, yeah. I don't know, the swing dancing thing, that might stand out somewhere, I guess. I guess if you yeah. fall down, huh? <laughs> uh, and then there's a recipe for southwestern turkey noodle bake. That, that uh, I guess if you got salmonella from the turkey, you'd call <laughs> your personal injury attorney. I don't know. Uh, I got this uh, newsletter on like the, I don't know, the 7th or the 10th of November, but there's a little thing that says, don't forget, Daylight Savings ends at 2 a.m. on Sunday, November 4th. Well, an important reminder. I got this after the fact, so... Well, so then I was inspired to go and change my clock. Well, I was going to say that was a pretty active post on Facebook, right? Where uh, you were encouraging people that their motorcycle clock may be. Yeah, ours yeah. was a little more timely, though. Wasn't right. it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say uh, timely, pun intended. There, right? And then there's an oyster run recap where they uh, tell us that somebody won the hundred dollar Visa gift card giveaway. Oh, so. fantastic! So uh, that's important stuff coming from the personal attorneys here in the Puget Sound, yeah. personal injury attorneys. Well, I guess uh, you know that is um, what you have to do to fill out maybe the newsletter here in November. But uh, conversely, you could go over to soundrider.com and you could see some of the events that we've got coming up. You could, and those have everything in the world to do with motorcycling. And it's a lot of stuff, too. You had put out the sort of siren call on social media and mm-hmm. to start getting some sort of events uh curators to list on the site and it sounds like it's going really well we've got a lot of stuff already for we got a couple hundred events up there for 2019 now which is phenomenal because we're talking about just the pacific northwest yeah 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 so uh you know what i do is i start off by going through last year's events and then updating the dates on things like the backfire moto sure um the sub Bike night, uh, the stuff they do in Portland, uh, the motorcycle show in Spokane. And right. It just kind of grows from there. And, and uh, definitely we want people's events in there. Uh, our goal is to make that the, the best place to go and find out. <clears throat> where to ride your motorcycle next. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff. You know, I uh, we always kind of remember the major ones, like we talked about the Oyster Run, and, of course, we've got uh, the Toy Run here early in December, and then, uh, of course, the Rally in the Gorge in August and that kind of thing. But there's a lot of stuff that even happens on the weeknights during the warmer months that uh, you might miss. So it's good to check out that calendar from time to time just to see what's going on. Well, even during the winter months. That's true, Which too. we'll get to when we get to the calendar portion of the show. Right. Coming up in just a little bit. So, um, yeah. So that's all coming together. Um, 
And then uh, another topic for discussion here is uh, we're looking at uh, our store revenues. We're looking at our advertising revenues. We're looking at what's going on in digital media across the board, not just Soundwriter, but everybody else, yeah. whether the Washington Post or the New York Times or the Seattle Times. And uh, and we realize there's a deficit that we – it's not a deficit, but it's a, it's a, a distinct drop in revenue. And uh, we're, th- we're looking at ways to put out uh, ways that people could actually become, I don't know what you want to call it, gold subscribers. Right. Or- and maybe even subscribers, not uh, the appropriate word there, right? But uh, supporters. Supporters, yeah. that's the word, yeah. 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 I mean, we, we, we certainly have people who over the years have supported us through our online store. Sure. Uh, they come to our events, that sort of thing. Um, and you know, in terms of the store, there's only so many pairs of socks you can want to own and so many pairs of underwear and so many, uh, copies of the benchmark Atlas. And so, uh, for those people who want to continue to support us, we're going to, in 2019, come up with some, uh, supporter type packages that they can participate in with us. And, uh, you know. The, the magazine's free. It's always been free. It's yep. free for everybody to read all the time, and um, we just we just need to fill some gaps. Yeah. Well, I think it's an interesting consideration, and I'd say you know that is that's certainly not unheard of in the digital media space now, where people will have either Patreon pages or PayPal links where you can support you know a dollar here, a dollar there, or whatever the levels may be. And then, of course, the classic example would be something like public broadcasting, right? Sure. Yeah, where sure. you can do donations in exchange for, you know, whether it's uh, – I don't know if we'd be giving out any canvas tote bags or anything like that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's well, sort of a model for that. And uh, and unlike public broadcasting, we are a for-profit, so you're not yeah. going to get a tax deduction by supporting us. But, I mean, I have several organizations that, you know, with with small amounts, I support them because I – Utilize their. I have, uh, um, uh, you know, I'll say it. There's uh, a group called Soma FM right. that produces about a dozen shows that are come through on TuneIn, and uh, I support them every year because there's two of their stations that they create there that I listen to every week. They do good job programming. Yeah, and uh, and I know that uh, the guy who runs that probably isn't making any more money than I have. Right, but uh, I want to support what he's doing. I want it to be there tomorrow. And uh, and it's you know just just a kind of that point in the in the timeline of the magazine where maybe we're going to be needing to do a little bit of that. Yeah, and you know we've also uh, we've started to see a little bit in even some major major publications news Newsway um, or News Style I guess like the New York Times and that kind of thing and Bloomberg where they're actually reporting they're starting to see an uptick in people willing to pay for quality journalism. Yeah, and uh, you know I think there's a lot of relevance there in regards to Sound Rider because the truth is is when you go out and if you're going to do you know report on a hundred mile ride you might be out for three days to do that. Yeah, and uh, you know those costs can add up and that kind of thing. But people want that information, and it's not unheard of for those that can't afford it to want to contribute, and for those that maybe can't afford it not to. But to have the option there can sometimes be a, a nice gesture, I think. And we don't use like the Google ad choices right. as part of our regiment within our publication. The only people who get ads in there are the people who support us as advertisers. 
Um, so there's it, really no need to use an ad blocker because there's nothing that's going to poison your computer. Sure. Uh, you could click through any one of our ads and they go straight to that business's website. They don't go to something that's tracking you all day. Right. And, following you around and get, giving you viruses the way that some of the ad choices ones do. So, um, uh, you know, it, and, and I want to keep it that way. Yeah. I don't want to go to something like ad choices as a revenue generator. That's, that's not, that's not cool. Yeah, no, you're right. That's an absolutely a different model and certainly something that wouldn't be in line with uh sound writers nearly 20 year history. So anyways, um, speaking of, the, of uh, well, I guess we'll go to News Bites next. So let's take a little break, and when we come back, that's what we're going to be talking about. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by... Valentine Motorworks, Seattle's independent service shop specializing in BMW motorcycles and beyond. Call or visit them to discuss your next service or restoration project soon. Find them online at valentinemotorworks.com. Hello, my name is Don Harvey, and I'm from Preston, Washington. And totally unrehearsed, one of my favorite rides in the Pacific Northwest, a day ride, let's say, is on the Olympic Peninsula, the High Steel Bridge, and up over the pass to Lake Wyanuchi, and just make a nice loop and a good day of it. One of my favorite places to go if I have a nice weekend in the Pacific Northwest. Hi, this is Andrew from Scorpion XO, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Show. And along with uh, bringing you plenty of holiday cheer this December episode, we've also got a whole stack of both uh, national and local news bites because there's quite a bit of interesting stuff going around uh, all around the world, wouldn't you say, Tom? Yeah, let's start down in Renton. Let's do that. As long yeah. as we're going to go around the world, yeah. I think Renton would be a good place to start. I think that is uh, always the best place to start in Renton. So uh, the um, dealership formerly known as Lawless Harley-Davidson, formerly known as Downtown Harley-Davidson, has been sold to the motorcycle company. Right. And it is now called Jet City Harley-Davidson. Yeah, you know, I kind of like the name change here. I think uh, that's kind of a, a nice reference to our historic past. And, you know, I'm a big fan of Queensryche, so that kind of reminds me of the song, you know, Jet City Woman. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Oh, no. No? I, no, I'm not, because I was never a fan of Queensryche. Oh, I mean, they were nice guys me. and all that. I worked with them when I was in the music business, but... Uh, but you don't like their, uh, like, Operation Mindcrime, anything like that? Uh, no, that's... Uh, right. so, you know, I'm, I, I'm like an old 70s folky dude. I got you. you know? <laughs> or, or like an 80s uh, uh, ice house guy. All know? right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, anyway, this is a this is a pretty big sale, I think, because this is a one of the larger dealerships, certainly in Washington, for um, motorcycles, and definitely one of the bigger Harley Davidson ones, I think. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting to see it happen. Um, 
I remember when they were sold, when, when downtown was sold to Lawless, the company that brokered the deal sent out a press release all about what a great thing it was. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, I got a press release about what a great thing this was. And I'm wondering if that company just made money two times over. Right. I don't know if it's the same company or not. That but, is brokering uh, the exchange there. I don't know. But, you know, anytime a, uh, a dealership gets bought, you always hope that that sort of reinvigorates uh, the entire operation. And it's good. You know, anytime a, um, a dealership is uh, going to be bought by somebody who's experienced. You hope that the enthusiasm goes along with that, and I, I hope it works out for them as Jet City HD. Yeah, I hate to see companies go to um, uh, not local businesses because uh, both Lawless and this new company, and in fact, honestly, uh, when it was downtown in its final phase, it was owned by the Lamphere Group out of Oregon. Gotcha. Um so it hasn't really been a family-owned Harley shop for about mm, 15 years, I guess. Sure. But that's, you know, that's that's not unheard of, I don't think in the in the motorcycle industry. So we can um you know, we can still have high hopes that uh, they've got people. Obviously, they've got local staff there and that kind of thing. So I, you know, we wish yeah. them the best and we hope that they continue to have events and that kind of thing that the community can come out and celebrate motorcycling with. Yep. All right, well, the next one had me scratching my head about why didn't anybody think of this before? Uh, Aerostitch has announced a six-month no-interest payment plan for all their top-of-the-line riding gear. Well, speaking of riding year-round, if you're going to do it, an Aerostitch suit is a pretty good way to do it. Yeah. But they can be a little pricey, so if you can spread those payments out. Yeah, it's like it's like a thousand to twelve hundred bucks for, you know, their road crafter yeah. or or their other uh I don't know. They got the one piece suit and the two piece suit. And uh if you could have like uh six payments of two hundred bucks a, a a month, maybe that'd be affordable for a lot of people. I think so. And uh this is um something that they also frequent the Northwest with like their Portland pop-ups and that kind of thing too, even though they're based in what, Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah. And they seem to have a lot of pop-ups here. They do. They they had one back in September and then they did one in early November. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of back-to-back months there, but you're right. You know, they can be pricey, but they're also their custom fit, right? They're, they're made specific for the rider. Yeah. You give them all your sizes and then they, custom tailor it to your body shape yeah so which get, could change after thanksgiving right. so you never know so only do it uh post thanksgiving that way they can take it in a little bit once you trim back down for the summertime but i'm happy to say i'm 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 at a proper weight where i fit my one-piece suit i'm ba- not not too big for it right now one piece arrow stitch or one piece bathing no, it's suit it's the one piece suit i got last year okay gotcha. the olympia oh tree frog green yeah. Yeah, wouldn't have it any other Tropical way. Frog Tropical green. frog. Tropical frog creature. Yeah. Uh so I you know, I managed to to get that under control earlier this year and I dropped weight and I can wear that suit. I can go take my winter ride. Yeah, now. fit and trim, man. I like it. Uh let's see. Number three, the canned food drive at Seattle Cycle Center continues. Um I brought my five cans in. So the deal is you bring in five cans of food and you get twenty percent off an item. Well, I need a showy full face helmet. Twenty percent off. Seven hundred dollar helmet. Hundred and forty dollars saving. Man, just for five cans of food. For five cans of food. That's incredible. 
You can't get that deal on the internet. That's a phenomenal deal. No. So uh, uh, if you haven't gotten into this yet, uh, heck, even if you don't live in Seattle, mail them five yeah. cans of food or call call me up. I'll take them down there for there you. There you go, yeah. Send me the money on a check. And, you know, you send me the $12 check so I can go buy the five cans of food, and I'll take them to the store for you, and then you can phone in your order. And as you're listening to this at any point in December, it's worth mentioning that this goes through December. This isn't like a Black Friday special or something like no, that. No, not doing any of that. Black Friday, no. Cyber Monday crap. Right, it's uh, it's Cyber Month down there at uh, Seattle Cycle this Center. This has been going on to... since November. They want to yeah. they want to feed the food group that they uh, or the food bank that yeah. they support. So, well, I think it's a great. I mean, really, what better can you ask for? What more can you ask for? You get a great discount. You get to help some people out, and you get to go down and see the good folks at Seattle Cycle Center. That's a win win. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Valentine Motor Works, uh, most people know them as a BMW shop, and that's uh, certainly a forte of theirs. They do a lot of BMW service throughout the year for people. Uh, but wintertime is when it gets a little slow, and they are doing winter projects. Uh, they, and, and that could be anything Japanese, uh, new or old. So uh, these guys do great work. They have a great reputation. And if you're thinking about, like, restoring that barn find Kawasaki Z1 that was at Grandpa's house or something, yeah. take it in there. Get it, get it going because now is the time to do it. Yeah, and the, the reality is that those guys, you know, during the warmer months generally only work on the BMWs. But that's not because they don't have the talent. It's because they are swarmed. They're, they're swamped. Yeah. And, and the, they don't have room in that shop exactly. for a third bay. So they're happy enough being busy, just the two of them all the time. Yep. But uh, now's the time to do other stuff. And I have taken my bike in there before and had some winter work done on yeah. it. I had that camshaft chain done in the nx650 a couple of years ago that's right yeah and i actually had him do a little work on my uh suzuki my dr oh, a few years ago too yeah okay yeah so good place right down here in aurora did you haven't put the sv650 motor in it yet you know we're still looking for a way to kind of wedge that into the back but uh <laughs> that'll be this this uh winner's frankenstein project maybe get a trailer yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia has got a moto-themed coffee house now, similar to our Wick here in Seattle or the CC Coffee down in Portland. Right. Hey, there's a, there's a fun run right there. You started in Vancouver and then they got to go down and, and do their draw at the Wick. At the Wick. And then they got to go down to, to CC. CC. I like it, yeah. We can find some other places, too. Yeah, between. there's got to be a few. You know, I keep uh, kind of keeping my eye on the, the Vancouver, B.C. motorcycle scene at a distance a little bit. Because, unfortunately, I don't get up there too often. But it really seems like it's starting to kind of cultivate its own personality. There seems to be some neat little independent shops opening up. And then with this being a coffee shop you know another gathering place for sort of that new age motorcycle rider which is exciting to see we like the training programs that are happening up there yeah we like the the museum up by the harley shop there that's right yeah it's got its own little culture going on it does yeah good place to ride to if you haven't been up to vancouver bc in a while or ever fix your passport get it straightened out and uh, go up and hit the show this year uh, which is going to be late January, I think, I think it is, is or it, February. Or February, I think, is. And then uh, make a point of hitting one more part of the culture. Maybe it's the coffee shop. Maybe it's the museum. Right. 
something. And, uh, yeah, and that little fun run I'm thinking of, we'll work that out so it'll be on, like, January 15th or something. Yeah, and then you can uh, go back <laughs> up with uh, the road trip and do Vancouver Island a little bit later in the year, Hey, right? there you yeah. go. That'll be in May. Uh, Whidbey Island uh, gets a motocross park. And in this day is age, day and age, to get a motocross park is bizarre. Well, on Whidbey Island, too, is pretty pretty gnarly, isn't so it? So you wonder, how'd they pull it off? Yeah. Because there's neighbors, right? Turns out the property is closer to the naval air base, which generates a ton of noise. A multitude yeah. of noise. And it doesn't bother any neighborhoods around or any of the neighbors around the area because they're far enough away from the property. Well, hard to complain about uh, a Honda 250 when you've got F-16s taking off in the background. Exactly. Exactly. That's an interesting strategy. You wonder if they might be able to implement that uh, more often across the United States. Maybe so. Yeah. Um. So that actually is operating through the winter. You'll need to go on to their – I think that's all they got is a Facebook page. Um, and it's it's like Whidbey Island Motocross is the Facebook page. And you can find out – I know they're open on the weekends in the winter right now. Right. And the rates are super low. It's, I don't know. It's like 10 or 20 bucks for all-day pass. No kidding. Yeah. We should get the uh, the NX650 and the DR350 out there and do a little uh, wintertime riding. Think they'd allow that? Mm. Practice mm. some of our off-road skills here in the winter? I mean, it... I don't know. <laughs> I, I need to redo the suspension on that bike before I – I don't like whoops and stuff. Motocross is not my thing. I got you. Well, I'm sure guys down at uh, Valentine can get you taken care of. A nice winter project. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, any suspension you put on the NX650 is going to be worth more than the bike. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we saw a little blip go by the other day about UPS was testing electric bicycles in Seattle where they actually connect them up to these trailers. And they're they're carrying deliveries oh, around. Yeah, they're kind of like uh, they're kind of like tuk tuks that you would see in like, like Asia. Trike things. Yeah, yeah. Or like the um, the meter mage drive almost, right? The little three wheel things. A little bigger than a that. Little, yeah, yeah. A, a little bit bigger than the ice cream wagons. Yeah. So it seems to me that the only real benefit of this would be to save. Uh, fuel mileage and emissions because you're not like, sure you can't really split lanes or anything when you've got this trailer on there it seems a little too big that's for that, true you right? can't yeah well what was funny to me is i i know my seattle area history well enough uh ups basically started here in seattle as another company and then they were sold and changed their name uh, and what those guys did was they drove deliveries around from the downtown department stores up onto the top of Queen Anne, over to Capitol Hill, and they used sidecars to do it. Interesting. I, I had never heard that story. Yeah. Do, you, do you recall what the name of that original company was? I don't have it in front yeah. of me. Or what kind of sidecar uh, rigs they were using? They I were wonder. like Harleys and Indians. Okay. Yeah. Someone should bring that back. Forget, yeah. Forget electric bikes. I always thought that somebody ought to have a fleet of sidecars that go out and do all the uh, jump starts and the, the you know, the uh, uh, lockout yeah. and all that stuff. Do it in a sidecar rather than in a vehicle. I like you it. a four-wheel vehicle. There you go. I, I smell a new business idea. So Okay. I uh, got the email today, late November. 
Uh, State Route 20, Cascade Highway, has officially closed for the winter. Well, if you missed it, you're going to have to wait about what? Five months, six months to get back to it? Well, it depends on what goes on yeah. up there. I mean, they've opened it up as early as, like, March. Right. It just depends on when the chutes are low enough uh, that they can blast them out and and not worry about if they fill back up again. And then when it does open up, isn't there a woman every year who opens it up with some cinnamon rolls? That, she, uh... she passed away. Oh, really? Yeah, but her family did it last year. Okay. Well, yeah. that's, that's too bad. But that's something to look forward to if they're going to be back this year. You can get some... Fresh baked cinnamon rolls on that first day through. And uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Uh, on Soundwriter, here's a little new bit of technology we're doing. We're doing a data driven marketplace now rather than the static write ups that we were doing. Um, so it won't look too different to the users, but it'll be changing more often because it's going to, uh, anytime we put up a new post, it'll it'll just go in right away right it won't be like well put that up for december or put that up and as soon as we see something we'll put, we can put it up so uh, it's data driven and the nice thing about it is that in six or maybe 10 months from now uh you, we'll put a uh, drop down menu up there and you can actually have it just show you books or have it show you oh, motorcycles that's cool. yeah have it show you apparel or so you can sort it if you want, if you're just looking for the latest reviews on things in a particular category. So that's uh, in progress. Yeah, well, that's always something, you know, because that, that gets assembled by a lot of different people throughout throughout the months and years. And I check that out every once in a while, and I'm always yeah. surprised, like, oh, there's still new cool stuff coming out that you didn't hear about. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, keep checking it out. And then I think what we'll probably do is, uh, you know, across the social media, we'll post that we put up. Like today we put up a, an article or a, a review on a book. Right. Coffee table book about Harley Davidson Museum. And uh, so we re- we posted that up on Facebook as soon as we put the review up. Well, so tell me, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on the book before we move on to the next item? It was a thumbs up. Great. Yeah, it's... Um, it's a uh, a book about uh, the Harley-Davidson Museum. And the thing about the Harley-Davidson Museum is that so much of that stuff was locked up in the archive and nobody could get to it. Yeah. And uh, very few journalists or, or say, uh, you know, full book writers uh, ever got access to the museum. Right. Well, there wasn't one, but they, they ever got access to the archive. And so now that there is, and they have this nice book to go along with it, and some of us are not going back to Wisconsin to go to the museum, so this would be the next best thing. Although, you know, I would like to make that a a priority one of these days because there are just – it's such a fascinating history. You talk, talk about Harley-Davidson, you know? There's just – there's so much that has happened, so many ups and downs, so many great classic motorcycles. I really would like to to get out there and get some Wisconsin cheese and check out that museum. Well, put that on your bucket list. It's on the bucket list. Um, and put this on your bucket list, too. This one To become a there. Dubai police officer who gets to operate one of the latest and greatest hover bikes. So this was a social media post as well. It got uh, some very interesting and funny comments to it. Did you have a chance to like look into the specification of these hover bikes? Because I couldn't find anything that really described their capabilities too much. Um, well, the company that makes them, 
which whose name escapes me. They don't have it in front of me. Um, has a website, but I don't think they have the specs on like how many horsepower. Well, are. I'm just well, I'm wondering like what is top speed? What is you know stopping distance? What uh, is hover height? You know all those types of yeah. Like should you wear a parachute or <laughs> is there some sort of a uh, airbag suit you can wear? Yeah, just what are the. Uh, what would be the impetus for employing something like this? Like you can think about your your farthest fetched fantasies where that thing goes 120 miles an hour and it can shoot you up into the sky and all this kind of stuff, but that doesn't seem... And what do you do if one of the four propellers stops working when you're up in the air? Is that, wouldn't that make you flip upside down or well, something that's, crazy? That's another good question. I, I, I would be very interested to know some of the more dynamics behind it yeah all right so so uh writers if you have any video to share with us about how the testing is going please put it on our facebook page we want to see it yeah let's get uh let's get ups delivering on hover bikes that's what i want to see (laughs) there you go then then you could split lanes yeah and it won't even matter you can close down sr20 all you want you just float right over top of it just be careful around Boeing Field. Yeah. They come in low. Be very careful with that or your drone. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got the calendar. Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by Rock Straps. Tired of bungee cords that fray and break? You need to up your game with the number one tie-down among riders. Rock Straps make it easy to get the right fit, no matter how large or small the load you're securing. Order a pair today from the Soundwriter store at store.soundwriter.com. So Mike Monahan out of Tualatin, Oregon, and most recent trip on my KLR 650 2015 was down the Oregon coast, and we camped at some great uh, state parks. Uh, the weather was phenomenal, just had a great, great time. And then just before that, we did the Oregon backcountry discovery route number four from Sisters to Seneca, and it was terrific too. Great time, great weather, and uh, the bike would perform just great. Hey, this is Bob Gerby from Gordon Seated Clothing, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. You know, it occurred to me the other day as I was walking around in the inner city listening to someone else's podcast, and things were a little busy, and I wasn't really focusing on uh, the content of sure. the podcast. And, and it occurred to me, there's probably a lot of people who just listen to our show because they like the sound of our voice. Our dulcet tones. It's it's soothing, and it makes them feel comfortable and confident on their motorcycle. And, and they don't really know what we're talking about. They just feel good. Yeah. Well, that's why we got rid of uh, Gilbert Godfrey early in our uh, <laughs> career here, because he was the third host, as people remember. But <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of got, feedback. That's why we got rid of Buddy Hackett, yeah. right? <laughs> and Don Knotts. <laughs> well, hopefully you are listening, and uh, hopefully you're looking for um, some things to do as well, because it's December, sure, but that doesn't mean that there's not places to get out and ride to. That doesn't mean that here in the greater Pacific Northwest, there aren't a lot of events that are motorcycle-related. 
All right. Well, the first one on our schedule here, and you better uh, you better have listened to the show early to get this one because it's happening on December first. I'm making sure to put the show up a couple of days ahead of time. Uh, you know, we were talking a month or two ago about dealerships not doing slideshows and presentations and that sort of thing, and and here we go. South Sound Motorcycles is going to have Helge Peterson in on Saturday. December 1st at 6 p.m., and he'll be presenting a slideshow called Cape to Cairo. Wow, that's a pretty big uh, event there. That's pretty awesome to to be able to have that to go to in the middle of December. Yeah, and you know what? I remember when I had a band back in the early 1990s. We charged people $5 to come to our show. Uh, I think I've been to some of Hellgate's shows that were $10 or $15. This show is 5 bucks. That's pretty awesome. So why not go? And, you, you know, we talk about all the time, like, trying to get more sort of interesting events and that kind of th- stuff throughout the winter. But Helgate Peterson, that's that's pretty interesting. That's worth the— He's the guy. Yeah, that's worth the five He's bucks. He's your modern-day adventure-riding god. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So if you got if you got the time, if you heard the show early enough, go go check it out. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, Sunday, uh, December 2nd, Washington State BMW Riders of Washington. Oh, yeah. Well, that would be of Washington, wouldn't it? Because the it's W. Washington. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they're having their ride. And as always, uh, you don't need to be a member. Link to their website is on our calendar page. So uh, you can find out where they're going to be meeting and where the ride's going to go. Wednesday, December 5th. <clears throat> is the Old Bike Night in Georgetown. Now, of course, this is a monthly event, and uh, a reason I emphasize it this month is that there will be no Backfire Moto in Seattle this month. So so those guys have shut it down for the season then, right? I mean, have. usually the colder weather months, but obviously Old Bike Night in Georgetown still running strong. Yep. That one has been going solid every month for... I don't know, 30, 35 years. Yeah, that's not Slim's last chance, right? Is that still where they're doing it? I think it's where they do it, yeah. Uh, Saturday, December 8th, grab the kids, head up to Skagit County, and go to the Strider event at the Skagit Power Sports. So uh, this is really cool because um, young kids can go in and paddle around on these Strider bikes, even if they don't know how to ride a bike. You don't need to know how to ride a bike. All yeah. you need to do is be able to straddle the seat, and then you just paddle with your feet. Uh, it's a great way for kids to learn how to ride bicycles later, because eventually they can paddle around, and then when they get when they're able to lift their feet up for five seconds they realize, oh, my God, I can balance on this thing. Yeah, and not to mention, Skagit has a great selection of gear and parts. So this holiday season, if you want to make, say, two birds with one stone there, entertain the kids, do a little holiday shopping for loved ones or yourself, it's a good place to do it. But they set up a whole track in the store. Right. And uh, I'm I'm happy to say I got to watch my grandson paddle around on his Strider bike on my recent trip down to Los Angeles. So uh, and he's having a good time on it now, and it took a while for him to get get in the groove, but yeah. he's good with it now, and he's waiting for Grandpa to assemble the pedals onto the Strider bike. The next step, probably the next trip. Yep, first yeah. uh, the pedals, and then the uh, V-Strom engine that comes in what? There you go. <laughs> yep, the the throttle on the V-Strom. That's right. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Saturday, December 8th, a GS Open House at South Sound Motorcycles. So this is your opportunity to see the brand new uh, F750 GS, F850 GS, and the uh, R1250 GS. So all the new models that are starting to roll out here. For 2019. Yeah. You can get them for your loved one for Christmas. Yeah. You know, I've been pretty impressed. Buy one of each. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you buy one of each of those. You buy a Strider bike, and uh, you set up the whole family. Christmas is in the garage yeah. this year. <laughs> Put the tree in the garage. <laughs> the best Christmas ever. <laughs> Uh, and then when you get done with the open house, you can go over to Puyallup, and they're going to have flat track racing at the indoor short track. So, uh, and that'll be at the, I don't know what they call it now, the Washington State Fairgrounds? I don't know, like but that. in uh, Puyallup anyway. And you know what? We're kind of uh, seeing a little bit of a renaissance of this whole flat track thing, man. It seems like every week there's something going on here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, we have had a bit of it. I mean, it's it's certainly it's kind of like trials, you know. They're yeah. really trying hard to get a regular circuit going. This one in Puyallup has gone on for a, a long time. Uh, it was originally run by Mickey Fay, and now it's taken over by another guy. But uh, but it continues, so it's good to see that. I know that uh, we don't get all the dates in the calendar. Again, that's why we call out and ask for them. But uh, there's been regular flat track stuff that we've seen in Spokane, up in BC, not so much down in Portland area or, or Oregon. But uh, you never know. Yeah, keep bringing it around though. It's good to see people out riding year round anyway. And uh, so it's kind of a short calendar this month. We want to say Happy Hanukkah. We want to say Merry Christmas to everybody, and we want to say Have an awesome Kwanzaa. Yeah, as you should enjoy all three of those, and if you can, get out on your motorcycle and do it. So we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, get in touch with some of our new subscribers. We'll be right back. Support for SoundRider and the SoundRider Show is made possible by... Moon Motorcycles, a family-run operation located in Issaquah, Washington. Moon Motorcycles features a diverse selection of used bikes to choose from. Whether you're shopping for a used sport bike, cruiser, dual sport, sport touring, or street standard, you owe it to yourself to visit Moon Motorcycles and look over their large inventory. Have you got a used bike you want to consign? Get in touch with Moon Motorcycles today. Hi, this is Chris Fant. I live outside of Portland, Oregon, and one of my favorite rides in the Pacific Northwest is the Wenatchee National Forest outside of Leavenworth, Washington. This is Patrick Henry from Hinshaw's Motorcycle Store. You're listening to The Sound Rider Show. show and you know sometimes we do an interview and sometimes we just like to chat a little bit and today we're going to chat about you the listener and the reader because we always find that that is an interesting sort of case study on who is involved with sound rider and we also like to know 
what's going on out there. I'd like to share that information with the people who are listening. So let's let's dive into that. So we did this, uh, I don't know, several months ago, yeah. maybe maybe earlier the first part of the year, where we introduced some of the new readers that we have in our subscriber base. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's just a really it's a nice chance for us to talk about some things that maybe we hadn't been thinking about, but they're asking about them in the comments. So uh, we'll start off with uh, and and we're uh, today we're really not going to use last names, yeah, because I I blacked them all out. So, uh, but in this <laughs> case, uh, we'll just call this guy Barry Mack since MC is the uh, first two letters of his last name, uh, and he lives in Spokane. He rides a 2017 freewheeler. What's that? Oh, that could be a trike or uh, a sidecar hack or yeah, yeah any of those things. Thinking. Yeah, uh, he's got a 2008 Kawasaki Versus and a 1982 Honda Goldwing. Oh, maybe it's a Nikon too in there. Maybe that's As a freewheeler. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I thought all the wheels were free, but <laughs> well, no, I had to pay for them, but. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's a retired guy and he's looking for rallies to attend. So, uh, I just want to say, Barry, if you come to our rally, bring the Versus. That would be... 2008 Versus. Yeah, that would be a great motorcycle to ride down from Spokane to the, uh, to Hood River, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And then if you want to do a little off-road stuff, you could. Yeah. I don't know about the 82 Goldwing. That'd be, we don't know if you're going to make it there. Well, full knobby tires, just in case you <laughs> need to do a, uh, a fire road here or there. But. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Who's next here? Uh, George P. from from somewhere in California, Northern California. Uh, he's got a couple of Harleys, an 01 FLHT and an 86 FLST. And then uh, probably the most important one of them all is a 1972 Honda Mini Trail. And uh, he's 62 years old. He is looking at retiring in Washington in about three years. He says, how about the Walla Walla area? Okay. Well, the uh, the Walla Walla area, if you are going to retire, will probably be one of the more affordable areas if you want to keep all those motorcycles, right? Uh, yeah, and you could get... Service for all those over there. Yeah, um, there's some good riding over there for sure, and it puts you kind of you know equidistance to uh, Baker City, Pendleton. So if you want to do either of those rallies, um, you got Spokane not too far away. If you want to go to the motorcycle show, um, I don't know what's a, just a, a great. You, know, you got Hell's Canyon. You yeah, can go and and tour around there. Yeah, good the, choice. Yeah, this segment brought to you by the Greater Walla Walla Tourism Board. <laughs> yeah, and if there's no show next month, you know where I went. Hey, we're not I'm just out of here. We're man. not just onions anymore. Walla Walla. <laughs> <laughs> Come have fun with onions. That's right. Uh, let's see, Glenn C from Renton, and uh, he's got a '96 Ducati 900 SS red. And he's got a 97 Ducati 900 SS yellow. So I guess, depending on day of the week, he, he knows exactly which bike he's going to ride. I would say right? he's definitely a Ducati guy, though. That's, uh, that's, that's still, I mean, if you find a motorcycle you like and you want a backup, go for it, right? Yeah. yeah. You could probably, you know, snitch parts from one to the other there you go. when you need to. Maybe that's already being done. 
Anyways, Glenn says that he was subscribed to Soundwriter for many years, and he's not sure how he fell off the email list. Uh Uh-oh. So I have several answers for you, Glenn. Uh, Number one, you might have changed your email address. That happens. Uh, Number two, you may have hit the unsubscribe button at some point. In which case, you would get unsubscribed, and even if you resubscribed, you wouldn't get subscribed because that's the way our system works. That's right. We have a very good system that once you say you're out, you're out, unless you tell me and you say, hey, Tom, I'm not getting emails, but I want them, then I'll go in and get your email address and I can monkey with it and change it back to live. Right. So uh, I bet he changed his email address. I bet it used to be... uh 2 ducati dude 69 at aol.com and he changed it no i think it was red yellow duck at gmail.com there you go <laughs> think, i don't know uh let's see who's next oh uh john delvey we'll call him delvey. all right that's not his real last name but that's the first four letters delvey anyways uh john lives uh oh somewhere on the east coast oh new york okay uh, said he'd been listening to the iTunes podcast, although he's heard of Soundwriter for years. I don't know how he heard of it for years. But... Well, I'll tell you how, actually, because a lot of Soundwriter articles show up when you search oh, for things true. like, hey, warm weather riding tips or you yeah. know, places to ride in the Pacific Northwest. Or and I've done the... presentations around the country, so you yeah. might have bumped into one of my presentations at some time. International celebrity. Who knows? Yeah. 48 years old, says thanks. Uh, says he's planning to buy a new bike and more gear next year. Good, as he should be, as we all should be, right? We should all be so optimistic heading into the new year. Yeah, let's all make that our New Year's resolution. A new bike and more gear. I like it. You know, you've got to figure that out now. you only got 30 days left to figure yeah. out what your New Year's resolution Start is. Start planning for 2019, just, I hear you. Pick the easy one, a new bike and more gear. Right. Uh, let's see, Mike S. from Greenbank, Washington. Found us on the internet doing a search. He's got a uh, 1919 KTM 350. A 1919? Did they make those back? I don't know. Vintage, first Uh, one. I'll bet this is a 2019. Uh, Uh, You're probably right, yeah. Yeah, probably more likely that. And then he's got a 1906 Kawasaki ZX6. Oh, no, that's probably a 2006. Must be a 2006 ZX6R. Uh, he works in the transportation sector. Uh, not riding enough miles, my friend. You say you're only riding zero to 4,000. We need to move you to the next category, 4,000 to 10,000. I like it. Uh, he says he's new to dual sport riding. He's looking for places to ride and people to ride with. Well, all right. Then uh, you you came to the right place. We've got the calendar for you. We've got the rally for you. We've got the Sasquatch Dual Sport Tour for yeah. you. And uh, for that ZX6R, you could come in and be a sport bike rider at the Rally in the Gorge. Yeah, we'll keep you busy. Yeah, and if you're getting into dual sporting, too, check out the store because a lot of those Sasquatch tours, all of them actually available in book ah, good point. and digital form. So if you're looking to put together your own little five-day tour, you and some friends, Check it out, man. There's a lot of good riding out there. When you order those, we ship you the uh, GPS route on the USB card. It's plug and play, man. Because half the people are telling me, I don't even have CD in my computer anymore. Well, you know, I would fall into that category, I think. Well, maybe one of my machines does, but 
fewer and fewer. That's that one over there in the corner with the dust on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jennifer A., she lives in Edgewood, Maryland. And uh, she found out about us at the AIM Expo. Oh, sweet. So she loves the magazine, and she plans on sharing it with her customers. She works for a heated clothing company. Oh, fantastic. So we're looking forward to her sharing the magazine with her customers. Well, I tell you, they get some brutal winters out there in Maryland. Yeah. You know, it can be pretty brisk, so you definitely need some of that heated clothing. Yeah. She says she's going to get some more gear next year. Probably going to get some heated clothing. Get some though. heated clothing. You'd think she probably gets a discount. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Victoria R. She also lives in Green Bank, Washington. Oh, neighbors. That's where Mike S. lived. I'm wondering if they're, like, uh, cohabitating or maybe they go to the same coffee place. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the same rallies. Um, you know where Green Bank, Washington is? I have no idea. I do. Where's it at? It's on Whidbey Island. Is it really? Yeah. Next to the uh, motocross park. <laughs> no, it's actually a, a quite a ways down okay. the island from the motocross park. Well, it can't park. be that far down. But, but. Uh, what was it? Uh, Mike S. had that KTM 350 EXCF, so he could probably bounce that around the motos- motocross For park. For sure, and yeah. Uh, anyways, um, well, she's definitely not got that. She's got a 2014 Harley Street Glide Special. She's in the education sector. And uh, she says she just moved down from Alaska, and she's looking for groups to ride with. And you know what I say if someone tells me they just moved from Alaska? Thank goodness. <laughs> Where are you going to ride in Alaska uh, between uh, September and July? Uh, I, not very many places. <laughs> Unless she has like a sidecar rig set up on that thing, maybe she's got uh, oh. you know year-round capabilities there. That's not out of the question for. And a, then maybe she's up there with the truckers. Yeah, going on the Alaskan Highway, the sidecar rig on yeah, the Harley, the ice road. You get some yeah, spikes in your truckers. tires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want that back. Have they yeah. got that on the Roku yet? I need it. I don't know. Ice road bikers, I think, is coming next year. <laughs> Ice Road Hackers, it's yeah. all people with sidecars. Yeah, it would have to be. That would be <laughs> the way to go. All right. Uh, next up is uh, Adrian Z, who lives in Issaquah. Said he was uh, just searching for national forest roads to traverse with his ADV bike and found an article for Adventure Bikes on Soundrider. Awesome. He works in the aerospace field. Now, let me guess. If he work, if he works in Issaquah, I mean, if he lives in Issaquah and he works in aerospace, either he works at Boeing or maybe for a contractor for Boeing. That would be the most likely scenario, unless he's commuting and working for, like, Alaska Air or something. Hmm. Uh, so he comments, I would like to hear about more trials around me, although he doesn't specify what his bikes are here. Uh, it would be nice. I think he means trails, but uh, it says it would be nice if the article I read had a Google Map link with the roads taken or constructed on Google Maps. I would like to share my Google Maps roads taken in some way. Well, let me tell you, Adrian, I just checked this again today. Mm-hmm. And it still is the case that Google Maps does not delineate a dirt road from a paved road. 
Interesting. So if you're sharing those routes with friends who ride street bikes, you could really put them in a world of hurt. Or maybe they'll just turn around. Well, that's true. They could always turn around. But, you know, I, uh, I think the broader suggestion, though, I mean, that's, that's okay, right, to have maybe some, some map action. And a few of our articles definitely have that. Um, yeah. Yeah. We do some maps from time to time. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work to get a good, accurate map. But. but the good news is we have atlases. We have tour books. We have tour routes available in the store already with all that in it. That's right, and an atlas really will uh, c- kind of reveal a lot of hidden roads out there for you as well, as long as you don't run into the uh, the closed gates, especially here close to Seattle. But once you get a little further out but east... But not in our books, you won't. You won't run into the closed gate if you're using our books. Yeah, the uh, the benchmark atlases. They should be. Or the or, or the Soundwriter Guide. The Soundwriter Guides, for sure. Yeah, for sure, that. yeah. And, Adrian, even though that might cost you some money instead of a, being a free map, you'd be supporting us and keeping us going so right. that we can continue to publish maps that don't have roads with gates on them. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. All the way to the other side. That's right. <laughs> uh, Caleb R. lives in Linwood, Washington. Found us on the internet. Uh, he try, he rides a 2016 Triumph Thruxton R. He's in the software hardware technology vocation. And uh, he's good for ten to 20,000 miles a year. He's 42 years old. But he didn't have really any comments. So I just wanted to comment back to Caleb. Uh, tell us what's going on, man. Yeah. What are you thinking? Well, you know, that's a good point anyway for people <clears throat> who are new to signing up to SoundRider. If you're encouraging a friend to do so, which we hope you will, those comments, they do reach us. And we like to read them. We like to know what people are thinking so that we can get some feedback. We can adjust our content and we can make sure that we are doing what's right for the community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But thanks for the info you did give us, and I uh, hope you have fun with that Thruxton, and make sure you bring it to the Rally in the Gorge next August. Yeah. Uh, last one we have today is uh, Freddie, who lives in Skyway. You know where Skyway is? Skyway is just around the Tacoma area. Nope. Okay. So Skyway is uh, on the south end of Seattle. They call it the unincorporated area. Well, that would be the Tacoma area. And it's uh, – no, it's closer to Renton. Okay. So well. it's kind of between Seattle and Renton. Yeah. But, but yeah, if you're going from downtown Seattle, yeah. uh, it would be on your way to Tacoma about, so about after, after a you third get, of the way down. After you get through White Center and uh, – yeah. yeah. Well, it would be lateral to White Center. Right. But anyways, uh, he rides a 2002 Aprilia Caponard and uh, tells us that he is starting a motorcycle trip to Bolivia this month. Oh, sweet. And uh, all I got to say, I hope, I hope uh, you know, he's, he's already on his trip at this point. Yeah. So I hope he's listening to the podcast, you know, downloading it from wherever, Southern California or Mexico or whatever. Uh Make sure that you know where you can get Aprilia parts in Bolivia. Yeah, and make sure to download the subtitles with this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So you can share them with your newest Bolivian friends. Just in case, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Make sure you have those. All right, well, that's a look at uh, some of our new subscribers. If you have friends who want to, uh, who need to know more about 
motorcycling in the Pacific Northwest or just need some good old moto chutzpah. That's right. Uh, send them our way. Have them subscribe or subscribe for them. It'd be your free gift to them for Christmas. You know, I like that on a T-shirt, moto chutzpah. Yeah, your moto chutzpah. I'd like to see that. Yeah, that, well, that's a special Hanukkah thing. Right. <laughs> you only do that, you know, once a year, early December. Yeah. Light the candles and have some moto chutzpah. You know, December is the month for moto chutzpah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we've got some tips and tricks. Support for the Soundwriters Show is provided in part by Seattle Cycle Center. As more and more shops discontinue sales of apparel and aftermarket gear, Seattle Cycle Center continues to provide a wide selection of everything you need for your next ride. Family-owned and operated for more than 30 years, Seattle Cycle Center is your destination for helmets, jackets, pants, boots, gloves, rain gear, and much more. Visit their store on Aurora Avenue soon. Hi, this is Stephanie from Bigfoot Power Sports in Chilliwack. Uh, one of my favorite places to ride is up in the canyon near Boston Bar and up in the Merritt Valley. Just some really nice twisties in there and some like, technical stuff that gives you some area to practice with your bike and push your power sports father. This is Tad Haas. Hi, and I'm Gayla Gutierrez of Motostays.com. You're listening to the Sound Rider Show. over with Moto Chitspa from the last segment here. We wouldn't leave you with yet more Moto Chitspa here in the outro segment. Of course, we're talking about tips and tricks to keep you riding all December long. Thomas, the holiday season, what kind of knowledge gift do you have for our listeners? Oh, yes, my gift of knowledge. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, some of us won't ride in December. Sure. But it's a good time to uh, break out the toolkit and go through the entire bike make sure that you have all the tools that you need to do level one, mm-hmm. level two service. And, uh, you know, you never know when you're out on the road. You might need to change oil, spark plug, uh, tighten up things, replace a mirror, who knows what. And uh, you want to make sure you have all that stuff on board. Uh, of course, if you don't even own it in your garage, now you're really up the creek. That's but, true. Uh, but uh, spread that toolkit out. Freshen up anything that needs to get freshened up in there. Things like uh, Loctite, they they go bad after a while. Goop, things like that. That might be in your uh, arsenal of fix-it stuff. But that's a whole nother tip and trick. That's true. We know that's a fantastic point, though, because just on a couple of notes related to that, I was inspecting my toolkit a few weeks ago, and you know I always carry a small pair of locking pliers. Mm-hmm. Those are busted. Ooh. I usually carry a pair of uh, channel locks, which have over the years doubled as a tent stake hammer. Those are busted. Yeah, like, because you use use the wrong tool for the purpose of hammering in tent stakes. Well, I would argue that uh, the tool you have is the tool you need. But uh, <laughs> but the pliers you broke were sand casts, probably. 
Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure they're cheap pliers. I mean, they, I you know because your your bike starts with an SUZ. So hey, man, my bike will go around the world more <laughs> than uh, any other bike out there. I challenge anyone. No, I think I got the same sandcast yeah. stuff in my toolkit on the NX650. Well, you know, it's just it's it's kind of a reality of it. And plus, you know, when you're traveling a lot on your bike or and you live in a downtown area like me, it's not un- uncommon for my panniers to get rifled through. And you know what? Um, Sears uh, is like selling the Craftsman stuff in the Home Depot yeah. and uh, the Lowe's and all that now. Yep. So you get Craftsman tools anywhere. Why not just upgrade your whole toolkit to like higher quality stuff if it's the OEM toolkit? Uh, well, I think that's a great suggestion. I think everybody yeah. actually should take the time and uh, use it as an exercise to build their own toolkit. Because you start to learn a little bit about what you do need and what you don't need. I was having a chat uh, with a friend just today, actually, talking about his first long, multi-week trip and the uh, 50 pounds of extra gear that he brought with him. And I think for a lot of us, it starts with tools, right? You know, if you don't really think well, about... Well, that's part of the fun I have when I do packing light, packing right, yeah. too, is I, I, you know, the best ones that I... The, the best sessions I do of packing light, packing right are the ones where somebody's willing to let me get into their bike... For sure, yeah. And go through all that stuff and that 50 pounds of extra gear. That could include stuff like uh, replacement throttle cable. Right. For a 2016 model bike. Yes, which the likelihood is very very slim. (laughs) Well, I know uh, we've had some discussions before, but I don't care. I'm still going to travel with my uh, Jay Leno denim suit. I don't care if there's synthetics out there. I need that just extra security. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> you know, all kinds of extra weight there. But that's one of the things, obviously, that we talk about when we start shedding weight is synthetic fabrics, extra tools, extra parts. It can really add up on you in a hurry. Yeah. And sometimes you could just have stuff waiting for you at another location. Yeah. That's true, too. Ship yourself some spark plugs. Yeah. Ship yourself some tires. That's a whole other tip and trick. What are you up to, like, three on this episode, I think? Yeah, you yeah. know, like, if you have to do a level three along the route somewhere, you can be sure that probably the dealership won't have the, all the parts for level three service. Great point. So just buy them all and ship them to yourself and then walk into the shop and go, hey, here's all my stuff to a level three service now. Yep, and especially if you're riding maybe an older bike, something that's been around for 10 or 20 years, those parts are can be a little bit trickier to order anyway. Yep. So, yep. Good things to remember. So what do you got? So for me, uh, and you had touched on this a little bit earlier when you were talking about the uh, discount that is currently being offered at Seattle Cycle Center. And I was having a conversation just the other day about the importance of replacing your helmet every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you have actually been in an accident or dropped your helmet or anything like that. And uh, just a friendly reminder this holiday season as you start to spend time with loved ones and think about loved ones. Your helmet, after about five years, even of good care, can start to degrade in its protection ability. That foam will wear down, and uh, it's good to give it a solid inspection. And if you're kind of iffy about it, or if you think along the way you've dropped it a few extra times, might be time to go down to Seattle Cycle Center or your local dealer and pick up a new helmet. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Some of them can get maybe up to seven years. Sure. But, uh, you know, with air quality the way it's been the last couple of years, that really plays havoc on that styrene that's in the helmet. That's right. So it'll it'll shrink it and it'll manipulate it and make it a lot less 
worthy of being on your head. Well, and that's another thing, too, just talking about just natural wear and tear. Even if you just go down to your dealer and try on a new helmet, you might realize that your current helmet doesn't fit all that well anymore. That's true. You know, so snugness is something to be And there are um, replacement pads and pads that you can buy to fix that. But after five years, just get a new helmet. Yeah. What do you? What is your head worth? That's right. Don't worry about the fact that it's you know. I mean, I was seeing some new Nolan helmets that just hit the market that are two hundred fifty nine dollars. So you could go that route. I want a modular helmet. That's why mine's going to be about seven hundred. Right. And it's also it's a you know Showy's a top grade company for sure, no doubt about it. So, uh, but you know the the technology that I see going on with the Bell helmets now. There's all kinds of great new technology out there. There are, and even a lot of uh, like you said. Uh, helmets in the two to three hundred dollar range are pretty good quality helmets yeah yeah all right that's our show for december uh, we're going to be back uh in the new year with a whole new show <laughs> a whole new kinds year of new things to talk about man we might even talk about some of those cool new bikes that got unveiled at eichma you i never like know. that yeah so uh start putting together your wish list and uh have a great holiday And we'll see you back here in January. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on The Sound Rider Show.